Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of power. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network on this Friday, September 1st, year of our Lord, 2023. Glad to be with you all today. As always, our phone number, 57-GOP-JOSH-7. That's 574-675-6747. Very cool, my friends. All right, just wrapped up with Isaac Smith of the Washington, D.C. Young Republicans talking about the atrocious, atrocious national convention that happened in uh, Houston, a lot of other stuff we talked about as well. Uh, so it, stay tuned for that conversation. It'll be in our second segment of the show today. And I actually took up two segments, so we're only doing a couple here today. So we got to go through the news jam-packed really quickly here before your beautiful holiday weekend where I let you all go. All right. So we talked about last episode how Mitch McConnell, who is a senator, obviously he's the Senate minority leader, uh, froze up during a speech which is a shame. It's, it's completely disgusting. And it, the fact that he's being wheeled in, wheelchaired in and out of the Capitol is, is just atrocious. Um, President Joe Biden, who is also brain dead, offered a diagnosis Thursday for Republicans. Uh, can, uh, can, uh, wow, I can almost talk today. Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell's freeze-ups, um, speculating that he is suffering from his concussion still. Let's see if uh, we have the clip of that. I spoke to Mitch. He's a friend. Uh... Um, and I, uh, I, I spoke to him uh, uh, today, uh, and uh, you know, uh, he was his old self on the telephone. Uh, and uh, having um, a little understanding of uh, dealing with uh, neurosurgeons and people, and one of the leading women in my staff, her husband's a neurosurgeon as well, it's not un- at all unusual to have the response that sometimes happens to Mitch when you've had a severe concussion. It's part of, a, it's part of the recovery. 
And so I'm confident he's going to be back there also. And there's the question there. Um, that's his response. He He's very slow. But, you know, that's that's Joe Biden. So, um, yeah, Mitch McConnell should not be in the Senate. He froze up twice. He suffered a concussion in March after falling, but he's only froze up a couple of times, which is kind of odd. And the president appeared to joke Wednesday about McConnell running in 2026, um, asking Department of Homeland Security Secretary if he was running for office. Um, anyways, that was that story, and that's kind of the big thing with Mitch McConnell this week. I, I don't like talking about Mitch McConnell every week because I wish he wasn't in the Senate. Um, I believe law states that uh, either in the state of Kentucky or nationally, pardon me, that if you are, if you resign from office early, you are replaced by someone of your same political party. So if he is, he decides to resign, I believe that um, Andy Bashir would appoint a replacement senator. Um, in that case, Sarah Maddox for U.S. Senate. I'm just going to say it. So the Proud Boys Philadelphia leader, and we're moving on quick here because I want to get to a lot of stuff today and we are a little out of time um, because that interview went so long and it was it was a great conversation, so I'm glad it went very long, but it was just kind of kind of messing with my time schedule here, but it's all good uh, here on the program. Um, a federal judge sentenced Proud Boy leader Zach Reel to 15 years in prison on Thursday. Um, prosecutors sought a 30-year sentence who was convicted of multiple charges in May, including consp a seditious conspiracy. Um, National Chairman Eric Terrio was also convicted of seditious conspiracy in May, along with Ethan Nording and Joseph Biggs. Uh, Kelly said during the hearing that video evidence shows Real aimed a chemical spray at cops, meaning his prior denial on the stand was of doing so was perjury. Um, so this is kind of a, a wild story. Um, the Proud Boys, I believe, are actually conservative people but they don't know how to contain it, right? Um, they are very... They, they remind me of, like, the, the college game day, as that's happening tomorrow. Uh, tailgaters of politics. Oh, yeah, let's go, MAGA! Spray the police officer, even though Trump said this. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. So, I mean, that's what, what the president said. And then these people go out there and go crazy and make a bad name for ourselves. And the reason they're able to call it an insurrection, even though it's not, is because of like how, how the, the Proud Boys are charged with seditious conspiracy. Right? No one's been caught, charged with an insurrection. But because of that, I mean, that's going to be their, their, their big thing. So, I mean, whatever. He's 15 years in prison for a Proud Boy. No one should be going to jail for political reasons that long. If he actually assaulted a police officer, that's one thing. But I haven't seen the video. I can't confirm that happened. It, it might have happened. I, I'm not going to deny it. But I mean, if that's the, the talking point, we, we haven't seen all the January 6th tapes. Right? We haven't had the ability to open up the documents, see what's going on, see what actually happened on January 6th because Kevin McCarthy hasn't released them. Right? He said he was going to release them a long time ago. He was going to let the people see them. He was going to release every minute of it, all 50,000 hours or however many uh, hours of tape there is. He released it to Tucker. Tucker showed four minutes and then he was kicked off the air. Right, and I don't know if he still has access to the file or not if it was sent through Fox News. 
But that's kind of the end at this point of all of the big drama stuff. Right? There's nothing else with January 6th going on. And people still bring it up all the time. That silly woman over on CNN. Shut up! Silly woman! Uh, Caitlin Collins or whatever her name is, the new late night host that hosted uh, the town hall with President Trump, wouldn't shut up about the, the January 6th. And I wish I had the video of the <laughs> of Trump interact with her. Well, you're not really bright, are you? I think I'd be... Hilarious. And I, I love the way he interacts with the media. Just side note. Um, also, really quickly here, I don't have audio for you, but I was listening to Todd Starnes today, and he was talking about, uh, with President Trump about the debates, and President Trump might actually debate. So he hasn't said when, he hasn't said where, what venue, he'll, who he will debate against. But he seemed open to the idea, which is a pretty good thing. I, I really, I don't think Trump needs to debate, but for entertainment's sake, just to shut the idiots down on stage, just to shut Chris Christie down, just to shut Asa Hutchinson down, just to shut all the people down. I think it'd be funny to watch Trump debate and he tear them up again. Uh, but today, a viral clip from the last debate in 2016 that Trump, not the last debate he participated in, but the clip from one of the debates is actually going viral today when they forgot to announce they forgot. Well, I can almost talk. They um, they forgot to announce Ben Carson, right? Who's another candidate in the race. Obviously, he's a great guy. He would be good VP material. But they forgot to announce him, so he starts walking out because they're all in a line behind stage. And uh, here here's how the announcement goes down. So they, they, Ted Cruz is announced before Ben Carson. Not supposed to happen that way. And Ben Carson just kind of stands in the wing, waiting for his moment. And someone's pointing him down, telling him to go, and he's looking like, "No, I'm not leaving out yet." Uh, Trump's announced. And the clips on my Twitter, you can find it at GOP Josh 20. Uh, Trump's announced he walks Florida out a little Senator late. Before he's even out behind the, the stage, they start announcing the next person. So Trump just stands there with Ben Carson. Marco Rubio walks right by him because he can't miss a moment. He's a politician. He can't miss a moment uh, of time. Then they're just standing there together in the wings. Trump and Carson. Former Florida Governor Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. Stands there, patch Trump, looks at him like, I don't know what's going on, and just keeps walking. Just keeps walking. And that's kind of the end of it there. So then there's there's three empty podiums. Didn't catch that. Oh, the Jeb Bush is still walking. Please come out on the stage. He's standing there as well. Dr. Carson. And now Trump waits for him to walk out. And then Trump just stands there. we welcome back to the debate stage Donald Trump. And John Kasich is still standing there in the wing. I didn't see that part of the video. Wow, he's our guy. All right, folks, up next, uh, uh, Isaac Smith with the D.C. Young Republicans here on The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. Uh, I don't know if y'all have been following the young Republican situation with the National Federation and how they instituted a new chairman, did a bunch of random drama stuff. They're a really irrelevant organization at this point uh, nationally, but the state chapters and the local chapters are doing a great job. And joining us to talk about this is actually a the vice chair of events, 
for the Washington, D.C. Young Republicans. We know a lot of them. They come to the show. They're great people. Um, Isaac Smith is joining me now. His Twitter is Isaac Smith underscore D.C. over on X or Twitter, whatever platform uh, name you want to call it. Uh, Isaac, welcome to the program. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing very well. It's very good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for hopping on with us. So you're involved with the National Federation through your position uh, on the Washington, D.C. board. Uh, can you give a synopsis on what happened at this convention? I'm not sure if you were there or not. Uh, and- oh, I absolutely was there. I'm proud to say that D.C., despite you know being a relatively small chapter and deep in the heart of the swamp, was well represented. We sent more people down to the National Convention than Idaho or Connecticut and Many others in many other states. So um, we you know, we were down there. I was not a delegate. I was not a voting um, participant, but I was I was present. And yet you know, the fact is, is that we had this big national election and it was all it was all very confusing. It was all, you know, this big it was all this big show. But like one of the things is, is that the they there wasn't a lot of conversation around the issues that are actually facing voters that have actually gotten people involved that, you know, that have motivated people to join the young Republicans, right? You know, people became involved because they're worried about crime. They're worried about immigration. They're worried about abortion. You know, they're worried about the weaponization of their government. They're worried about um, an increasingly out of touch civil service that seems, you know, more self-serving than, you know, to be a service to the public. And, you know, Instead, you know, they bring out um, speakers like Dan Crenshaw, who said we should leave populism to the left, who said that you shouldn't run for office if you're under the age of 25, for which, by the way, he owes a massive apology to several attendees. We had we had over 50 attendees at that conference who were under the age of 25 who were elected to public office. Wow. Um, We had I think it's five. North Dakota state reps under the age of 25. I've met uh, quite a few of them. They're, they're fantastic people, but they're also right. they're very kind. You know, they're, right. Smart guys, very conservative, very principled, very serious about North Dakota, very serious about being in the legislature. Um, and, you know, he just told them that they had no business running despite the fact that they ran and they won. So I, you know, I think Dan Crenshaw owes them an apology. He owes a lot of people an apology. He's a disgrace to this country, and he was one of the the main speakers. I know he has a history with him. Uh, also, well, Kat I'll, I'll Kamek. Let came... a, I'll let you in on a little secret, okay? All right. So um, the way that it works with speakers at these events is that the speakers actually pay for their slots. That, so I believe that. <laughs> our headliner was not – like the biggest speaking slot of the night was not the governor of Texas, which would have made sense, right? You know, we're in Texas. The governor can be there. Right. He's got the rank. So why does why is his slot um, pushed down in favor of Carrie Lake? Right. Who, you know, whose biggest achievement was being the nominee for governor of Arizona. Well, the answer is Carrie Lake paid fifty thousand dollars to the conference. That's why. All right. I did not know that. I like Carrie. She's a she's a good person. I hope she doesn't run for Senate, though. And I don't I, know why I, she was the main speaker, like the Reagan dinner as well at CPAC. I don't know. Um, um, I mean, between you and me, Carrie Lake is a little bit like our Stacey Abrams in uh, that she, you know, she ran for governor, lost, um, claimed that her loss, and I'm, I'm not here to litigate the truth of these claims. I'm merely saying this is this is the claim, right, that she lost due to fraud. Stacey Abrams claimed, claimed she lost due to voter suppression. Um, both of them then went on national tours, became very, very popular um, within the base of their party. 
right, you know, became political celebrities. And both of them were getting a lot of um, vice presidential speculation. I don't know if you remember, but for a while, people were talking about Stacey Abrams as Joe Biden's running mate. I do remember. And then right. And now people are talking about Kerry Lake as Donald Trump's running mate. I don't think um, most serious people are discussing that. I think Byron Donald to be a better choice. There's a lot of better choices out there. Um, um, personally, I would lean either towards um, Sarah Huckabee Saunders or maybe Christy Nome. I'm a little on the fence about Christy. Um, but I, you know, I want somebody with some real executive experience. I want somebody with a good name, you know, good name ID. Um, of course, you know, I was one of the founding members of reopen America PAC, And as a result, you know, we, we really like Christy because, um, unlike DeSantis, she never shut her state down. All right. Right. Christy Nome is the gold, is the gold standard on COVID response. She's right. She's got a great name ID and, and we could have this discussion for hours, but I kind of want to move it back to. Mm-hmm. To young Republicans really quickly here. I have a clip from the new national chairman that was voted in by a lot of weird procedure. Let's play this cut here. Black lives matter. Republicans, myself included, have hesitated to say the phrase. Republicans fear the phrase, but we should not. All right, we're stopping this already. Uh, this guy, he's a po- terrible speaker based on that, by the way. That was a terrible video. Uh, but he's a BLM supporter. Why is he considered serious by anyone in the conservative movement, let alone the the chairman of the National Young Republican Federation, the only young uh, organization that has any sort of legitimacy in this country? Yeah, well, so that's the thing. Like the YRs, you know, the big advantage of the YRs compared to like Turning Point or some of the other groups is that we are Republicans, right? And we are officially affiliated with the Republican Party. And that is why I do encourage anybody who is interested in conservative politics, who um, is, you know, in the age bracket, right, you know, 18 to 40, right, that's a pretty broad bracket, to get involved because it's a very easy way to get a seat at the table. Um, But the fact is, is you have to understand that um, chapter leaderships rarely represent their membership because it's kind of a dictatorship of the involved, right? You You don't get paid to be the state chair or the national chair of the YRs. Right. Yeah, it's not a salaried position. And so it tends to be dominated by a very narrow demographic of people. One, of course, is people who have the time and the money that they can put all of this effort into being the state chair or to serve on the national board. So, you know, you get a lot of attorneys, you get a lot of realtors, right? You know, like me, I work as an EMT. I couldn't keep up with that schedule and I wouldn't have the disposable income to do the amount of traveling and such that's expected of you. Right. Thank you for, if for that work, by the way, besides the point. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it. Well, it's a good way to get to know your neighbors is what I'll say. Um, but the the point is, is that so you you have that dynamic. You also have the fact that it's kind of a dictatorship of the involved that a lot of people just don't really want to. You know, they don't really want to do this sort of work. You know, it is it is a lot of work. You know, I found that out now that I'm on the board of D.C. You know, it's it is like a part time job. Um and so a lot of people are in it because they're careerist, right? You know, it's like, oh, I was the state chair of the Young Republicans. That looks really good. You know, I can get hired in the administration. I can get a government job. I can get a job in the party. And as a result, um, a lot of them, unfortunately, are very, very terrified of controversy. They're worried that pushback um, is going to hurt their careers. Right. And the whole reason for being in these positions is to move their careers forward. 
I've seen that a lot. I'm I'm involved with the high school Republicans, and there's a lot of people in there that that are only in it for the title, only in it for, and not actually worried about youth involvement, not actually worried about youth engagement. Uh, well, let's move on here a little bit to the straw poll. I'm sure you saw it out there. Uh, yeah, Thomas I wasn't Turner. Too pleased. Thomas Turner's the auditor. If you look at his Twitter subscriptions and who he subscribes to, he subscribes to one account: Republicans Against Trump. Now he's in charge of or auditing. Rat for short. He's in charge. So true. He's in charge of auditing this uh, this straw poll that somehow has Ron DeSantis beating Donald Trump by how many points is it? Two points? No, not, not even. even it's two. like half a point. It's like it's super super narrow. And and this is what I'll say. And this is this was my frustration, right? And this is why I, you know I started speaking out publicly about this because that straw poll was released immediately. Me and my my DC people, right? You know, the DC delegation, we hop in our group chat and we're like, Hey, did you take a straw poll? Did anybody, right? Did anybody know anything? Okay. So like I said, there were 10 of us down there. None of us heard anything about a straw poll. Um, we checked the schedule. There was nothing on the schedule about a straw poll. So I immediately hopped on the phone, right? And I started calling people around the country and I spoke to people in Virginia, New Hampshire, Vermont, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Arizona. And not one of them heard anything about a straw poll, <laughs> right? And, and, you know, so, so I'm like, okay, so it's not just us, right? It's not just that, you know, people think DC is full of weird swamp creatures who are not to be talked to, okay? This is clearly a big issue. And another thing I would point out, um, and this is, another, this is another reason why I'm very skeptical, is that there was a guy, his name I think is Ryan Binkley, and he's a no-name candidate for president. He's some Texas pastor, businessman right but you know he's he's not even being included in the polls right but he had bought a table um to be at the conference now i don't know if you remember there, there's another no-name candidate his name is perry johnson I know and perry. he was working the floor at cpac yep right and he got third place in the cpac straw poll right because he was just out there aggressively shaking hands at you know asking people you know, to support his candidacy. And straw polls are a great way for minor candidates to get a little bit of notoriety and recognition because you can show up with very little infrastructure, work the room like crazy, and overperform. And Perry, people voted for him because he's a meme, too. He, he's kind of a funny he, he's guy. He's adorable. I, I I love him. I really do. Um, I, I, th- I, th- I think I think Trump Johnson 2024. I think I think Perry Johnson should be his running mate. So true. But the, <laughs> um, anyway, the point is, is that... What I guarantee you that if there was a straw poll being promoted, his people who were working that table every hour of every day of that convention, they would have told me about it. And they would have said, hey, man, please, 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 you know, even if you're on the fence or, you know what, maybe you plan on voting for Trump anyway. But, you know, we just want, you know, we're just trying to move our candidate forward because they were selling um, merchandise for a dollar. Wow. Right. Hats and shirts and stuff for a dollar. Because they were trying to get to that 40,000 donor threshold to make it to the debates. Right. So if they were doing those sorts of methods, they would have totally – those minor candidates are the people who would have been pushing the straw poll. They were not pushing the straw poll. And anybody who's dealt with me knows that I'm a pathologically extroverted person. And so I will talk to every single person in a room. And I, and I must have talked to maybe 800 of the 1,000-plus attendees at that conference. Wow. Not one person asked me who I was voting for in the straw poll. So it wasn't okay. promoted. It was. It's pretty much fabricated. I saw Gavin Wax put out a tweet from New York where you could vote in the straw poll multiple times. Oh, they I, sent I, it did. Out through text. I, I didn't vote until the straw poll until last night. Yeah. 
So you think they're going to update the results? I would love to see the updated results of the straw poll release now that we've been sharing that link on Twitter. Yeah, Gavin said he can vote multiple times. So you know, Ryan Binkley might be number one at this point. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, or Perry Johnson. You know, it's know. we got the we got to get that Perry Mentum going. So, so true, or, or Bergam Mentum even. He's actually on the debate stage and he's still a no name candidate. Uh, so, uh, right. Well, you know, but the thing is, he's rich. You know, if it, you know, he could just give me a twenty dollar gift card. I'll you know, I'll I'll write him in the straw poll. So I'll true. do that for a Cracker Barrel breakfast. So true. Uh, so is there Cracker Barrels in D.C.? Anyways, moving uh, there's, away. There's one about 45 minutes south. I did not know that. Uh, so moving away from the National Federation, the D.C. Young Republicans, I know many of the people in the organization, including yourself, you're doing great job. Great job. You're a leading group of young Republicans, at least uh, nationally and the appearance, uh, right up there with the New York Young Republicans. What are the D.C. Uh, YRs doing to save our country from inside of the swamp? Well, so with us, it's a little strange, right? Because obviously we are in D.C. We have a very transitory population. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and I think that right the – Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the air quality in this city. You know, the swamp's polluted. But the um, – but as it is, our job is to normalize being a out and proud Republican conservative patriot in the nation's capital because a lot of people are scared to be. And – you know, everybody talks about, oh, I hate D.C. And, you know, D.C. is just, you know, it's full of crooks. It's full of corruption. It's full of sin. And, and don't get me wrong. It, that's that's the case. But the fact is, it's also where the nation's decisions are made. And if we as patriotic Americans advocate the capital, if we refuse to be present in the nation's capital, we have voluntarily relinquished our decision making power. Right. That's why you need to. That's why you need to go to Washington. Right. Right. Because that's where the laws are made. That's where the decisions are made. That's where the DOJ that, you know, is going crazy. Well, where do they hire the people in Washington? Where do they work in Washington? Um, and so Washington matters. Absolutely. And so what we've done, um, one is, is, you know, is you know, we host our regular our regular meetings. We bring in strong conservative speakers. Right. You know, we've brought in Matt Gates. We've brought in Raheem Kassam. Right. We brought in Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, we you know, we've brought in strong conservative speakers. Right. Um, we're actually hosting the Salvadoran ambassador later this month. Wow. And she's going to talk about how El Salvador has managed to solve crime with this one simple trick. As it turns out, if you just throw the criminals in jail, they they, <laughs> they don't do crime anymore. Safer. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it really is one simple trick. Um, and. So, you know, we're doing that. And then we've been really stepping up our recruitment. We have um, more than quadrupled our membership in less than six months. Um, when I was elected, when the new board was elected, which I believe was back in March, we were elected from 87 members. And now we are just shy of 300. Wow. And the reason for this is because... You know, nobody, nobody in D.C. affiliates with the Young Republicans for their career, right? It, it's it's not to your advantage. So the only reason why you would be there is because you're a true believer, right? Because you believe in the mission, you believe in this vision of America, right? That's built on our faith, our history, our heritage, built on families, built on private property, built on self-defense, on local autonomy, right? Constitutional separation of powers, all of these things that we believe in. Um, that you, you have to be a true believer in that vision right. and true believers want people who will stand up for them and they want people who will speak 
you know, who will say out loud what they are thinking internally. And so if you want to increase your recruitment in a deep blue area, the solution is not to moderate. The solution is not to be more like the Dems. The solution is to be less like the Dems. Right. You know, like I said, I, I you know, I live in D.C. I live in a rough part of D.C. I am proud not to be a Democrat. I am not responsible for what is being done to this city. Absolutely. And I am telling them that, you know, I, you know, it's funny because we were talking about that Black Lives Matter clip. Right. The reason why, you know, it's like I believe that black lives matter. Obviously, black lives matter. Black people are being shot every day in my neighborhood. Wow. And BLM was the one who ran the police out. Yeah, of course, that's 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 all they're there for. And they're they're not there to actually do anything. And they're not. They're, they're right. Not in- and, and my city counselor, Trayon White. OK, you know, he's a Demo- he's a Democrat black guy. Right. He he has gone on the record. He has said that crime and violence is so out of control. He has requested the National Guard be brought into Southeast D.C. to restore order. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. And I mean, that's to the right of me on law and order issues, right? You know, I don't think we need the National Guard. I think we just need a more aggressive prosecutor and a few more cops. We'd actually have um, police to, to do the job. Right, yeah, I mean, it, 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 serious. I mean, seriously, you know, a tank going up, up and down MLK, what are they actually going to do? Right. I mean, right. Not you're, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to stop a carjacking with a tank. Um, but the, you know, but the point being that, you know, we have, we have an issue with lives that are not mattering. We have a, we have an issue with, you know, violence and poverty and disease and drugs um, that is causing people to die before their time. And getting a solution to this is absolutely critical. Now, my solution has been to engage with Congress because Congress in, in D.C., Congress can act unilateral. Congress can take over the police force. Congress can veto the budget. Congress can do whatever they want. Right. This is their own private little fiefdom. It's not like a state where there's some constitutional limits. And so I have been working to educate members of Congress about their role in oversight so that we can try to get some help in here, so we can try to get some of that, that infrastructure in here, so we can try to get some of these corrupt city officials fired from their jobs and replaced with good, competent people. And you have that power are, because you're actually in Washington in right. that area. Yeah, and that's what I, you know, and that's what I'm saying. And you know, thanks to um, Republicans of Congress, the D.C. jail has received its first renovation in 30 years. Wow, that's that's fantastic. And, and it might right, actually, um, are they going to use it the jail though? That's the question. Um, well, no. Um, so um, a friend of mine, Suzanne Monk, is in. She's been corresponding with numerous inmates in the jail. She's been um, advocating specifically on behalf of January six defendants. Um, but this is a broader issue. This affects the general population of the jail as well. Right. But she's pointed out that um, thanks to congressional intervention, the um, 23 hour a day um, lockdowns have ended. The paint has been, you know, the the walls have been repainted. The place has gotten a deep clean. Um, The air conditioning unit has been serviced and the lawn has been mowed. Wow. Which wasn't happening before. And so I would like to personally thank Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congressman Matt Gates, um, Congressman um, Bob Good. Um, Louis Gomart and um, Paul Gosar. Um, those are the five members of Congress that came down and attempted it to tour the jail that has started this process of fixing the D.C. jail. Yeah, um, I remember so that day watching that live stream, and that was inc- yeah, they that, kicked them out of the jail. They w- they wouldn't even let them in. Yeah, and 
Um, I would, you know, I mean, Kat Kamek actually was um, an asset on this. I wish she would dance to better music, but um, Kat Kamek, um, I actually worked with her office and she was calling around and, you know, she, you know, it's funny because she said that the DC department of Corrections said that they didn't have to talk to her because she was not on the oversight committee. I said, that's funny because I was just talking with the oversight committee and they're not talking to them either. So you call them back. Um, so, yeah, Kat Kamek was actually um, has been very supportive. Um, Kevin McCarthy, I know a lot of Republicans don't like him, but he's been very good to um, us here in the district um, because he led the effort to veto the D.C. crime bill, which would have made um, carjacking a misdemeanor. Huh. Wow. Um, and so, you know, I mean, Kevin McCarthy has protected the people of D.C. from our local politicians. And so, you know, for that. For that, I applaud him. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for your your synopsis of why it's important to actually engage in Washington because people and I, I was in, in uh, with Leadership Institute a couple times in the class and a lot in the in the district, and a lot of people that I was in class with were, were afraid to actually go to the Hill and talk to the representatives and speak their mind. I'm like, that's how you get things done. Is actually oh, please. I got, in, I got kicked Congress. out of a I got kicked out of an LCR event because I was asking Joni Ernst what she thought about um, child transitioning and wouldn't let her off with a non answer. By the way, Joni Ernst is opposed. You just have to ask her three or four times, but she is opposed <laughs> to transitioning twelve year olds. Um, Take takes but, a, few, a few times. But, yeah, well, the, the the problem with Joni Ernst is that she she's been a politician for so long that she actually has forgotten that she can you can give a straight answer if it's a popular one. Right. You can, you know, you're in a room full of Republicans. You can say, you know what, we shouldn't transition the kids and everybody will cheer. You should do that. Right. Instead, she always just blank. She always starts talking about Senate procedure and basically says, I'm a senator. Nothing gets done, <laughs> which, you know, she's not wrong, but it's a good it's excuse. Not, it, it, it's not very productive. Very true. We're going to have to have you on again because I think we could talk for hours. Uh, Isaac Smith is joining us. Isaac Smith underscore DC. Uh, where can our audience learn more about you? Engage with yourself um, and so, the Washington Young Republicans. So the the main thing is is you can of course um, follow me on Twitter, um, Isaac Smith underscore DC. Um, you can also um, follow the Washington DC YRs on Twitter, and you know keep a, keep keep tabs on our website. We're always hosting events, and if you're ever in Washington, we would like to host you. So we, we are here for the people of this, this country when they come to the nation's capital. So you just come on and see us sometime. That's very cool. I had a couple invites, but I, my schedule didn't overlap when I was actually in the district. I, I spent a month there, and somehow I missed I'm, every event you guys had. Uh, good had Lord. On. But, I mean, are, are you old enough to drive? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you can make it down here. problem is you're not old enough to drink, and, you know, I, I don't know how you'll fit in around here without that. So true. I've, I've heard the same about New York. Uh, Isaac Smith, thank you for joining me today and giving us that, that great, it was a great conversation. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. All right. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. All right. We'll be back after this here on The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey, everyone. It's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. 
Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader brought to you by our supporters over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash GOP Josh is our link. You can go over there and support us on Patreon for as little as $3 a month and help support the program. Uh, Patreon.com slash GOP Josh. Patreon.com slash GOP Josh. And help support the great work we're doing. At least I think it's great work. So make sure you follow Isaac Smith. He joined us on the program on Twitter, Isaac Smith underscore DC. Uh, over there, he's the vice chair of events. He's a great guy. He's a great organization. Washington, D.C. Young Reps is stacked. They have Joel Valdez. They've got, I know, Kinsley Cortez is a member over there as well. They've got a lot of great America First Patriots uh, on their board and in their their membership. They have all the, all the, the based D.C. Hill staffers, I know, are members. And it's, it's fantastic. John Wilson's there as well. Great board, great people. And I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to have Isaac on the program. Uh, So let's move on here a little bit to Georgia. So Trump, the president, pled not guilty on his charge, uh, his charges in the Georgia election uh, subversion case. Rudy Giuliani pled not guilty. I don't believe anyone actually pled guilty at this point. Um, They waived their in-person appearance and formally enter a not guilty plea through paperwork filings with the courts. Twelve defendants filed the paperwork, or in the case, have formally entered a plea. If any of the 19 defendants don't file the paperwork, they will need to appear at an in-person arraignment in Wednesday, on Wednesday in Atlanta. So Fannie Willis charged Giuliani with 13 state crimes. He pled not guilty to all of them, I believe. Uh, Kenneth Chesborough, the architect of the campaign's fake elector plot in 2020, according to CNN, uh, pleaded not guilty Friday in the Georgia election subversion case. He also waived the, his right to an arraignment hearing, according to the filing. Um, Robert Cheeley, pro-Trump lawyer. I don't think Trump's ever met him before, but we'll see. Um, pled not guilty. Waived his right. Stephen Lee, Fulton County defendant, who faced five counts in the election subversion case tied to the intim- uh, intimidation of an Atlanta election worker, pled not guilty and waived his rights to a former uh, arraignment hearing Friday. Uh, Mike Roman, Harrison Floyd, and Scott Hall, three more of them, on Friday, pled guilt not or today, pled not guilty and waived their rights. They were all charged by Willis in her sprawling racketeering case tied to the attempts to overturn the 2020 election. Roman is a campaign official. Floyd leaves the organization Black Voices for Trump, and he might run for Congress. And Hall is a Georgia-based bail bondsman. They all submitted court filings Friday, waiving their appearance for an in-person arraignment in Atlanta next week. Uh, prosecutors charged Roman with seven crimes, including conspiracy to commit forgery mostly in connection with his role in the Trump campaign's fake electors plot, which, by the way, there were no fake electors. There was no such thing as a fake elector. It is commonplace to send alternative electors from every state just in case there's any inconsistencies and the, and the Congress wants to throw them out, as they have the right to do, and as our, our good old boy Mike Pence was afraid to do. Uh, several other, other members have already pled not guilty. Uh, Trump campaign lawyers Jenna Ellis, Cindy Powell, Ray Smith... Atrevion Kuti, he's a publicist, and Trump himself has already pled not guilty on every charge as well. So I believe they're all going to play a, a plead not guilty. Uh, taking a plea deal in this instance is stupid because you know they're not going to have your best interest at heart. 
plead not guilty, and you might get a fair trial. Plead not guilty. Patriots out there who are being prosecuted for political purposes and political purposes only. It's always political purposes. It's all it is. It's an absolute, total, complete, and utter shame. Um, do we have the Ohio mu music uh, pulled up? Because this is kind of the Ohio segment. It has to be. We only have uh, a few segments today. Ran out of time. But it was a great conversation. I'm so glad about it. Um, do we have the, the... How do we not have that music saved? It's a shame. Anyways, we'll work on it in the background. But oh, we've got it now? Okay, cool. We're playing the song for the Ohio segment. Although it's not the Ohio segment. We're going to just play it in the background here just because. Um, <laughs> so gas prices are near an all-time high this Labor Day in the Biden economy. Uh, price tags at the pump are close to an all-time high as drivers hit the road this Labor Day weekend. The regular gas sat at 3.83 a gallon as of Thursday, according to AAA, when many holiday travelers were expected to start their drives. Uh, Thursday's price is just under the Labor Day record set in 2012 of 3.84 a gallon. Federal data. Uh, dating back to 1990 shows. Uh, back in Memorial Day, the average price for regular gas is 25 cents lower. Just because before 4th of July, the average price was even lower at 3.55 a gallon um, from 3.58 on Memorial Day. And we are a lot bigger. We are a lot higher, right? And a lot of this is due to politics. A lot of it's due to the Biden administration and our lack of an energy policy, our lack of energy energy independence that we're supposed to have as a country, right? This is due to that policy directly and due to the policies that he refuses to put in place. And we're running out of gas. We're, we're relying too much on the rest of the world and we are running out of our own American supply of that fuel. And so as we continue buying, as we continue going in that path, gas prices are going to raise even more. And we're not going to be able to afford it. Now, I, I, I saw a Sheets recently, and Sheets always has the cheapest gas. It's it's running the, the area down in gas prices. I was driving through the state. It was like $3 a gallon, which is I thought was kind of low, which is surprising. Three fifty eight in Memorial Day. Three eighty four today is the national average. It is all on the war on cars. <laughs> and I know that sounds kind of goofy. But like big cities like D.C., you know, New York, you don't drive cars. You take buses or you take trains or you take cabs, right? They don't want you to have any sort of independence because then you can't go where you're not approved to go. If you imagine, imagine this, Trump's campaigning in the middle of rural Ohio, right? And you're on a bus route to get around where you need to go because you can't have cars anymore. You can't afford gas. And you're like, hey, hey, bus driver, can you stop at the Trump rally? I'd like to get off and, you know, see my, my real president. You think the bus driver's going to take you there? A government-mandated bus driver? By the time the case goes to the court, it's, it's too late. They could get charged with a crime for it, and you still didn't get to see the Trump rally. Right? This is an attack on American values, attack on American fuels, attack on this country as a whole by not having a competent energy policy. Now, our friend of the program, uh, J.R. Majewski, hopefully having him on next week, uh, I'm going to talk about his story here. Uh, I'm actually, I might extend the show a little bit tonight just to talk about it. 
or we'll do it next Wednesday after Labor Day. Um, he was vindicated on his his um, military charges they accused him of. We talked about it on the program. Um, and if he doesn't run for Congress again, and I hope he does, and I hope he wins with a vengeance, if he doesn't, he would be a great guy to have an energy policy in the White House. That's all I'm going to say. A great Department of Energy secretary or just leader on an energy board somewhere. Be a great guy to have in the administration, Trump. If you're listening, and I hope Team Trump listens to the program. I was mentioned in a hit piece today about President Trump, about how he sends out those cool letters where he like signs your picture or signs your, your anything. I mean, I was mentioned in one of those tonight, which is kind of cool. Um, I hope they listen to the program. I hope they interact with the show. Um, but, you know, besides the point, Jeremy Juski would be a great guy to have in that policy. And if we position, if we actually had people making good policy on energy, we wouldn't have this problem today. We wouldn't have to do what we're doing and pay $4 a gallon. And gas around D.C. is even worse. Uh, I drove through uh, in June through the whole country, not a whole eastern side of the, the country out of Ohio. So we went to, you know, Delaware and Pennsylvania and Maryland and all the states uh, over that way. Gas was outrageous out there. there. It was it was like I'm running on empty trying to find a gas station I can afford to fill up at. This is not the America we're supposed to have. It's not the America I want to grow up in. You know, the, the, the song, I don't know if we have it or not. It was Labor Day weekend. I was 17. I bought a Coke and some gasoline. Now, I don't know if I'll be able to afford the gasoline this year or not. Do we have the clip? Do we have that song? How do we have the Oh, there's the Michigan song. All right, cool. Yeah, we have the song. Here it is. How am I supposed to afford that this year, Biden? The one chance I get. I'm 17, it's Labor Day weekend, I need gas. But besides the point. All right, friends, this is going to be our sign-off for the weekend and for the long Labor Day weekend. We'll be back with you Wednesday here on the program. If you missed any interviews we've had lately, we've had Lizzie Marbach, Bernie Moreno, and I, I still get texts about Lizzie's interview. I talked about it on the show. People really like Lizzie having her on the show. Um, Paul and Gracia, we had a great lineup of interviews over the past few weeks. If you missed any of those, go to gopjosh.com slash interviews, gopjosh.com slash interviews, and we'll be back with you on Wednesday. Enjoy your weekend, friends. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, most importantly, stay tuned. See y'all soon, America. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 